suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Moran, and my brother J.S. to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Today we introduce Memento 12, Xerxes 9, Uh uh-oh, Forbidden Fruit 3. Now, I, I realized we we're supposed to be talking about Xerxes and, and we're talking Xerxes and his sexual obsessions and then Queen Amestris. And we're going to get there. But I cannot, I cannot for the life of me say another word about Xerxes and his mighty obsession without first mentioning Jackie Onassis and her handsome devil husband, Aristotle Onassis. Now, I think that I think this is, has come into my mind because Aristotle Onassis was Greek. And like the ancient Greeks, he too had a big ship. And I asked, do you think that Jackie Onassis actually was intimate with this man? I mean, we don't have to answer this question because it's really not relevant to the discussion. But what may not be irrelevant to our discussion is that Aristotle Onassis, as distinguished from that other Aristotle, the 4th century philosopher, is that Aristotle Onassis was once quoted as saying something like, if women did not exist, all the money in the world would have no meaning. I mean, he said something like that. And to have, to have expressed a thought even remotely like this permits us, I think, to rationally conclude that Aristotle Onassis perceived the intrinsic value and purpose of money to lay in its ability to enhance the attraction, at least for him, of women for the purposes of obtaining personal sexual satisfaction. I think it's safe to assume we we are not far out on a limb when we say that Aristotle Onassis definitely was hooked on a feeling, if you know what I mean. Off point, perhaps. But given his looks, it's hard indeed to say that Aristotle Onassis was wrong about the value of money. And and given that Maria Callas, you know, that um, opera diva soprano, you know, that she's long gone. We can't ask her her opinion in this matter. So we're left to ask this. Shouldn't the king... Shouldn't have Xerxes have at least tried to manage his sexual obsessions to avoid what would happen thereafter? Don't you think he had an obligation to take his foot off the gas pedal as he approached an extremely dangerous turn in the road ahead? Not unlike Tiger Woods, you know, driving 60 and a 15 or something in, in California before going off to do some celebrity event. Well, I mean, what would be the consequences of going off the rails? Well, in Tiger Woods' case, it turned out to be pretty bad. In Xerxes' case, you're going to see, well, someone's going to wind up dying. But how did the king do in his ferocious battle 
against sexual obsession. How did he do? Well, how do you think these things turn out? Not good. The usual rule to live by with respect to any obsession is kill your, uh, your addiction before it kills you. In Xerxes' royal court, with his addiction and his wife, there would be casualties. It was like somebody was going to get killed. So how did things ultimately go? Well, uh, about as well as has been reported of the battles of other famous but doomed men afflicted by and whom have fought just so many lonely but brave manly battles against an intractable enemy, sexual addiction. Hmm. Men, men who have seemed to have lost, seem to have lost that battle, but never quit the fight and bravely continue to wage war, to fight on, as the Trojans of Southern Cal promised to do. Brave men, you know, brave, brave men, past and present, men like Michael Douglas, um, Charlie Sheen, Kirk Douglas, Tiger Woods, Russell Brand, David Duchovny. Burt Lancaster, a Burt Lancaster who suffered big time. I mean, just read some Gore Vidal to glimpse his level of pain when deprived of, you know, the level of desperation and discomfort he experienced when without, without sexual gratification. Oh my God, the story is just horrible. Anyway, there are warriors out there like Rob Lowe, Wade Boggs, and Baseball legend Steve Garvey, you know, like, you know, like the relatively modern discovery, you know, of there's so much ADHD out there and IBS. Who knew there existed apparently so many who get too much when I was always living under the false impression that there were so many men who got too little. Anyway, returning to Xerxes. He had fled the battlefield with those and against those Greeks, those hardy Greeks. So I guess it would only make sense that he would have run from the battlefield of his sexual obsessions. I should have realized a man such as was Xerxes would have taken the easy way out, just surrendered his body to all those women with whom he was so Possessed and obsessed. Hmm. And against whom he was hopeless, powerless, so, so defenseless. He might even have inspired Neil Young's moving, wailing, mournful song. If you've heard it, helpless, helpless, helpless. For the truth of the matter, matter really was that Xerxes, he was not a man born to fight. No, he was not. He was, as Bruce Springsteen made so famous, Xerxes was a man whom was born to run. Tramps like us, baby, we were, well, you know. In that regard, Xerxes proved the, um, the veracity of the famous quip made by Britain's first um, female uh, member of parliament, Nancy Astor, who once said, I married beneath me, all women do. So Queen Amestris might make that same argument. 
So, so what's with the obsession for the forbidden fruit thing, Xerxes, and your sadistic, homicidally jealous wife, Queen Amestris? I also, I also asked this question. Xerxes, so let me make a statement, then I'll ask the question. Xerxes had to know, he had to know what his wife was capable of. This couldn't have, couldn't have gone by him without his notice. And if not in any particular situation, what would she do? Okay. But in general, he had to know what she was capable of doing. And she was capable of doing anything. I, I realized the, the last thing a man, even a king, the last thing that will ever be civilized is his woman. But doesn't a king owe something to the people over whom he rules? Doesn't he have an obligation to try and shield them from his queen's arbitrary wrath? I mean, he's got to know something is coming. He's just got to know this. Oh, she's coming. And a point of order here. No matter how good she might look, there has got to be some point in time that a guy is just sick and tired of all her shit. Is there not? And still Xerxes, as we shall see, he did nothing. He was a complete wuss. The, the royal court of Xerxes dished out a great deal of pain, but it didn't pass out participation ribbons to anyone remotely involved in any of the events that I will relate and that occurred after Xerxes decided to venture down a path that I've termed temptation road. Now you tell me when I am done telling you if I am wrong when I claim that things went slightly awry in the royal court and the king wasn't responsible. The king is not responsible for what goes on in his court. The queen's table is now being set for our next episode. Xerxes can't help himself. That we know. And other people simply don't matter. And therein lies the recipe for some serious carnage. And we're going to begin to spell this out in our next podcast devoted specifically to Xerxes and the 12-step program to perdition Persian style. And let me give you a teaser alert. It's not going to end well. But thanks for listening and hope you enjoyed the setup. Bye-bye. I am in a far-off place Half of a world away And there's so much to do And there's so much to see Mother Nature's had her way There are mountains and valleys And beautiful hills Each vista something new And though my imagination Has been captured My thoughts they return to you So can you help Relieve me Of this burden on my back There's something wrong Deep inside of me Or something I must lack For I've got this worry You believe in me And I must admit it That I'm scared so can you try